Welcome to the Super Hypotheticals. Today we will explore what it means to be human. What is there beyond the void? Super Hypotheticals what? You got, you got to label it. In Super Hypotheticals Episode 8, what does it mean to be human? Episode 8 of what? Are we talking about TV shows, radio shows? What, what are we talking about? It's a podcast. Have you never been in... Stupid dunce. Have you never been in math class before? Mm. We're like, what is it? Inches? Miles? Feet? What's the measurement? Why are you ruining this? Feet picks? Episode 8, MP4. Human, human error ruins everything. That is why we must push you into the void. have taken the world by storm. Things aren't looking too hunky-dory. Is Betsy from the corner reading your mind? Is Tommy using his powers of invisibility to peep on your daughter? Tune in as these events unfold and we uncover more of these super hypotheticals. Alright, so we are at the last episode of Super Hypotheticals. And we thought that it would be fun to do what is it to be human, right? We've been talking about superpowers this whole time. Uh, at what point do you stop being what we consider to be humans and start being something else, right? So, like, when we talk about characters like Barry Allen, Barry Allen was born with no superpowers. Bruce Wayne was born with no superpowers. Barry Allen against, eventually gets speed, right, and becomes the Flash. Um, Superman was never human. He was Kryptonian. But it very similar in, in looks, right? There's different abilities. Um, so at what point do we have so many abilities that we become something other than human, right? So uh, I guess that, let's just start with that question. Where, where do you guys think the difference lies? Because our first question is, uh, when do you stop being human when introducing various superpowers? Uh, I'll go with Blake first, and then Josh, and then Brandon. Mm. That's tough. I mean, I guess if it's changing your physiology, then boom, you're already not human. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, like, hate on some other species, but uh, unless you're just Batman vigilante mode, then you're probably... Yeah, I guess I guess we could simplify. But then the you question. could be like cyborg though, and still be human, but you have cybernetic parts. Well, no, that's different than superpowers though. Superpowers are going to start changing you as a person. Yeah. Well, we can talk that's about so we can talk about it on two different scales, right? We can talk about it on cybernetics, right? Like yeah. Ghost in the Shell, Cyborg, those guys. Transhumanism. Yeah. Yeah. Transhumanism. Becoming a toaster. What? Robots in disguise. <laughs> Which I guess the other question too would be um, when we think about like what's uh, the girl with the necklace? Oh man. Uh, Great. But you know her power. Yeah, she has she has the necklace and then she can touch the necklace and, and gain the spirit of any animal that she's thinking about. Okay. Right. So, that's so would you like count would you count that as like a almost like a cybernetic uh, adaptation? Or would that be more like on no, the other scale? No, it's just magical objects like Satana and any of the Justice League dark stuff. Like, well, Satana doesn't have magical objects. She in herself uses magic, which isn't something that other well, yeah. oh, okay. characters there's can, other can do. There's other like there's other heroes though that yeah, it just kind of falls into the sorcery realm at that point. Well, but then like, that would Doctor go into Strange the... and his pendant and whatnot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so I, I guess then, I guess then maybe there's three. So you would say that somebody using a magical item is still human. Yeah. But uh, all right, so then we'll we'll go down two main avenues. So we're going to talk about uh, genetic or cybernetic modification. Yeah. Right, and then just natural evolution. If right. it changes them entirely, then sure. But if it's animal man and like oh, I uh, touch a lion and now I got the jaw strength of a lion or something or claws now like okay then he's not human in that instance and then once he reverts back he's human like um but if they've totally changed themselves they start to lose what it means to be human okay like so wh what would you mean totally change how far would you have to go to totally change um 
you've changed around your physiology and your DNA a, a good amount at that point, once you're no longer human. I mean, I guess once you could start classifying it as another species at that point. Okay, so you're more along the... On the evolutionary side of things, like, when the DNA becomes so different... Yeah, because Cro-Magnon is going to be different than Homo sapiens, the same way Homo neanderthalensis and Homo australopithecus. Like, these are all different species that once were, that is distinct enough from Homo sapien that we can consider it different. Gotcha. And, and from what I've understood, those other forms of like man yeah uh are limited in brain function and that's what kind of differentiates them from homo sapiens is that well that's part of it but it's also literally their physical structure they were shorter or they might have been more hunched over um they had bigger skulls bigger jaws for just a different diet i mean how we, like our appendix is now useless or our tailbone is also vestigial that like those things were once more useful. If you're in the evolution camp and you believe all that, then then yeah, there was once a tail there. It it's now vestigial. Same way that the appendix was used for processing all the plant material they'd be consuming, as compared to how like I can just rinse off my lettuce and it's all good and I don't need my appendix. Gotcha. So then, if we're talking about evolutionary adaptations. Yeah, like something simple like a tail. If a human was born with a tail, would they be classified as something different? Um, is that the only difference? That's the only them? difference. Let's say, let's yeah. say for now, that's the only difference. Yeah. I, okay. Then preliminary. Yeah, they're still a human. They just because okay. there are people who have vestigial tails. I mean, like a small tail, nothing. So like not Goku with a literal monkey tail. What if, What if I up the ante a little bit? And I said it was something that that's based in survival, like having webbed hands or feet. But that's the only thing that's different. But it's it's key to their survival, is having webbed hands and feet. But that's where I wonder, like, are there others like them, or are they just that one? Um, Because to be some other species, there's got to be a substantial amount. Um, uh, Yeah, you know that could be. They can start probably being classified differently because, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got different types of tigers or whatever animal you want to choose, and they'll still be classified as different species with the same um, with the same base classification of kingdom, phylum, what have you, but you get down to species, then they're separate. Okay. Josh, what do we, what do we think? On a scale of either genetic and cybernetic uh, modifications or evolution, whichever one you uh, want to talk about, at what point do you stop being a human like the rest of us and start being something else, right? Like we've talked about, um, if you guys have ever, if any of the listeners out there are familiar with the idea of the uh, argument for the soul, right? If I cut off my arm, am I still me? If I cut off my leg am i still me if i keep cutting off body parts am i still me right that's kind of the idea that we're going off of here is that at what point do we either evolve to be something different than human or do we modify ourselves like cyborg in justice league to be different than human what do you think well much like blake's argument i would have to say that once obviously the physiology and the dna is modified on a base like human body in terms of like like on the evolutionary standard, um, then yeah, you could say uh, they start to lose, or not like lose humanity, but more or less go beyond or go along a different route beyond or from humanity into a different species and category. Um, And just... So what if we're talking about outside appearances? Because like cybernetic modification, there would be no change to DNA, but you'd be a lot different person. Yeah, you'd most certainly be a different person, although um, the fact, although with cybernetic modification, it's most definitely uh, far beyond humanity. Um, if it, like how extensive the cybernetic modification would push that per- person further beyond humanity, I would say beyond in the respect that with human bo- with the human body in its natural state, obviously, it's meant to decay 
it's meant to rot away and age will have its time on the human body and you know people dissipate and people will die of old age obviously should nothing else you know result in their death but obviously when it comes to people with cybernetic implants if obviously they have cybernetic implants in place of vital organs and functions which would otherwise extend their livelihood and uh, the length of time for which they live which is you know far beyond you know human space capability we're not immortal if at which point their cybernetic modifications allow them to you know live far beyond the standard human lifespan what is now in the current day then most certainly they're on human at that point so anything that like and i guess that's an interesting question that i don't i don't really have set up um i'll ask that in a bit uh, but essentially what you're saying is that if we're talking about a, a person that's cybernetic living longer than a human, a natural human's lifespan, they are at that point. Like if we're talking about somebody like Cyborg living, uh, you know, 2000 years and then dying, right, he would be classified as something more than a human because he was able to exceed the limitations yeah, well, of what for, it is. Well, for Cyborg, he's referred to as a cyborg. It's an amalgamation of machine and man, and with that, he's it's a different classification entirely. He's got human element within him. He may have his human by you know by chance he may have his human brain and his heart and whatnot. Although it's just even though he might have those art those like um, natural organs in place, um, there are systems that are also in place that um, either allow for extra protection for those vital organs or otherwise extend their function and capability and whatnot you know there's a, a there could be a stimulant system in place and whatnot so what's up like what's up like um so are, we're going with that dna of a cyborg is unchanged right dna of a cyborg is unchanged okay because then i'd still like sorry to interrupt i'd still consider them human at that point just the same way like i mean I've had friends who are like, oh, they got surgery, and now some piece of metal implanted in them. Like, I... Like a pacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. You have like a pacemaker. No, well, yeah. Well, that, and then even if you get to the point of, yeah, that this is my chance to fanboy about the movie Ghost in the Shell and all that, that it's like, okay, full-on cyborg. If their soul is still intact... Yeah, because once... Because then you're no longer in DNA area um or maybe the dna was used to make part of like their synthetic skin or whatever like i mean um, i would have to assume the dna is still in place in their brain in order for their consciousness to still be there yeah. hypothetically there's like stories though that they do like there's a cyber brain now but um but that aside yeah you can i'd feel i'd still i'm gonna make mine contingent upon dna, DNA. yeah okay. whereas cybernetic enhancements or modifications don't change it as compared to an android who's just artificially made. Okay. Hmm. Uh, well, Josh, did you have anything? No, yes, you finished. No. Sorry. Oh, no, that's all fine. Um, I was just, like, wrapping up on that point. Like, you know, for me, um, I would classify someone as being beyond human or, like, you know, um, like, you know, metahuman or, what, or, like, a just depending on the extent of the modification and its capability and what it does and what it offers the person that has those enhancements in place. If it's just, if it's any capability or any ability that's beyond what it is that a human is naturally, naturally possesses, then I would say that's beyond human. So then you would disagree with Blake that even if a cyborg had human DNA, but they were, they had other abilities like cyborg does that they are something other than human, that they have become more than human, or maybe a completely different classification. What do you think? Well, and then we'll switch to Brandon. I would say, like, you know, um, just to... Uh, I would say... Definitely just tell Blake, just be like, Blake, fuck you, your ideas are wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Like, no, that's what we're here to discuss it. No, no, it's just like, Blake does make a good point. Obviously, they're still, you know, they're natural... Like when it comes to like uh, vital organs and the brain, especially considering that contains the person's conscience and whatnot, you know, the brain is determinant of obviously whether or not that person is a person. Because if we're talking artificial brain, they most certainly aren't human because the artificial brain, if by any chance, has no way to emulate 
human a human's conscience, then it could be also manipulated to, or it could be manipulated as well by an outside source, thereby not keeping it its own individual conscience. So if the natural brain is still there, then I would say it's still human. But um, I would say there, I would say there would be a different classification, if anything, something like metahuman. Okay. All right, Brandon. So I actually disagree with both you guys. Um, I don't like. I honestly don't because I don't think the physiolo- like the physiological changes don't really matter um, to me. Like for me, it's more just the origin of whatever we're talking about. Because because here's the thing. So um, currently in real life, like I think the half life of a cell is like three and a half years, seven years, something like that. Effectively, like our bodies already, because our cells die all the time. That's why we have the idea that every seven years, you're yeah. basically an entirely new person. Exactly. Yeah. And so effectively, we already kind of have a real life example of that. And then I've Your met DNA people is in real life. Still there. What's up? Your DNA is still there. The DNA yeah, but those aren't the same DNA structure structures and RNA structures that were that you had in your body seven years ago. And so effectively, it may be the same copy of your original DNA. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it's no. following the same template. Not everything, no, no, and everything I agree with here is the same, but it's newer. It's, it's yeah, because yeah, you've regenerated cells. You've yeah. done that with yeah. everything. But the thing is, though, is so even it's like to, to go to an extreme because so so here's here's an example of my real life. I actually met a woman or a girl who, um, due to a, a tragic circumstance in her life, had literally genuinely half of her brain. And so, growing up, because everyone's like, oh, where's the soul rot dog? in the brain, the heart, whatever. Um, there's people with pacemakers. There's people with portions of their brain. There's people that um, have are born with vestigial tails, with extra fingers. Um, there's people that actually are born with, like, webbed hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that are born XYZ. And then even mentally, there's people that are just born... Um, like just mentally different than everyone else in different capacities. Some may be more intelligent. Some may be have better circumstances in which they excel or whatever it may be. And so to that extent, physiological change, I wouldn't see as anything other than human. Like if they were, and this is, this is where it comes down to for me is if they originated as a person and as a human, then through most physiological changes, I would assume that they would still be considered human for myself. Um, so, like you brought up Superman. Superman is was originally not human. He was just raised by humans and looks like one. Mm-hmm. But he's not. Um, Flash, like, if you think about it, because like, if, if, if we really go down that avenue, you could say, like, okay, well, uh, even Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange was human. Mm-hmm. Is human. Yeah, he's, he's just yeah. cooler than everybody else. That's it. Like he literally, it just now has a power, which we just call them powers. But if you break it even that down, like we were talking about cybernetics, or um, some people have certain annotations to, like they can hear sound better, even in real life, whatever. Um, they can see better. They can see farther. They have better vision. All a power is is just either a faculty that we already have that's been amplified or it's just some form of tool like if you look at magic which is what dr strange utilizes that's just a tool that he knows how to utilize the rest of us can't um cyborg he just implemented tools as part of his body currently we do that already we just do it more for medical necessity than for you know kicking people's butts um so for me the question of like when does a person stop being a person more comes down to like the argument of when you lose your humanity, because like even now we still have people that um like like well it's twenty twenty one you can be whatever you want be you know well here mm-hmm. let me let me ask you this then mm-hmm. if we take somebody like Danny Phantom yeah right he when he changes he actually becomes a ghost right it's yeah. not just relying on a certain ability he physically changes and the Hulk does the same thing true right so whenever we talk about uh, people like those who actually physically change and Danny Phantom even though it's a cartoon they do say that his DNA was changed by yeah. the accident Hulk I think has the same thing his DNA there's a different different strand of DNA in there and the Hulk DNA and the ghost DNA they're always present within them yes they just bring them out at certain points whenever they want to use them so what yeah. what do we say about that then so for me another simple answer it maybe it's too simple of an answer but for me 
I would still consider them human because if I were to like go and describe them, the word I would use is I guess more akin to what Josh was expressing, but I would just say they're superhuman. But human's still part of that word. Superhuman, metahuman. Yeah, whatever. And so yeah, so however you would describe them, it would probably be somewhere along those lines. But it's it's like that's like when uh, Ben Shapiro was like, well, how do you know who can be in the Boys and Girls Club? Well, like it's in the freaking name. Like it's in. The name. It's the Boy Scouts of America. Boy Scouts of America, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. It was not um, for boys. How do you know that? Yeah. How do you know what a coach should be like? Well, it's in the freaking name. It's in the name. Um, and so, Scouts. yeah. So, like, even for Flash, well, he's a superhuman. Metahuman. Um, metahuman, sorry. Metahuman. It, like, it just, they have superhuman abilities, but that's, they're still human, is how I see it. So, the way I would describe it, to put it simply, is, okay, Danny Phantom is human with the ability to turn into a ghost. Gotcha. Hulk is human with the ability to be as strong as he is angry um they just are better humans but like even we have is it Wim Hof the dude who does like the ice challenges and the breathing exercises and all that stuff yeah so he can do things that I one don't want to do and two can't do purely because he's I mean that's more of a learned adaptation but well it doesn't mean you can't but yeah true yeah it's a learned adaptation yeah, it's a learned adaptation. Or even yesterday when we were talking to um, the wrestlers and they said that they like rolled out their shins to be able to like do the micro fractures and make it so that they can take kicks and hits. Mm-hmm. Like that's a learned adaptation. So all a superhuman to me would be is just a human who got lucky enough to get an adaptation that they didn't have to learn. Like gotcha. they just won the adaptation lottery. So what would change somebody from human to not is they would either have to like yeah, even physiologically, like, if they had gills or something, they're just a human with a really different, not even adaptation, they were just, like, it, it, abnormality from what we're already born with. Some people are already already born with one eye or blind, or they're born with different stuff. Um, so they're just born with something different. And so for me, it would actually break down into, like, them losing their humanity, like if they died in Dark Souls, you know? But, uh, no, but... Like, if if I were to come to you and tell you guys, like, okay, like, I'm no longer... Yeah, well, no, because then I would just be wrong. Because if I were to come to you guys and be like, okay, hey, like, I'm not human, I'm... I feel like... I don't know. Like, that's... Well, that's a whole different talk, I guess, for... Especially nowadays. But it's more of like, okay, you either are or you aren't, is the way I see it. Gotcha. That's kind of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that so that's the big first big question, right? Um, and we had two. We're actually only going to do the uh, genetic and cybernetic enhancements. Uh, we're not going to talk about evolution that much um, from here on out because those questions are going to be in a different episode. Um, but when we're talking about cybernetic and genetic modification, um, here is my uh, one powers-based question for the episode, and it's this: cyborg. We take him as the primary example is part man, part machine. The part mm-hmm. that is man, as Josh was saying, decays. The part mm-hmm. that is machine is constantly upkept uh, and and improved upon. Especially if we're going based off of the uh, the mother box uh, storyline adaptation, which I think is is pretty much all of them, right? Is he merged with the mo- mother box, which is kind of like a living organism that's metallic, right? that thing always improves upon itself, always uh, becomes more, becomes greater. Um, so at some point, will there be an instance where Cyborg dies as a man, but the machine is still functioning and doing things without him? Yeah. Or what does that look like when the, when the man fully deteriorates from the Cyborg? And we'll go back around the other way, starting with Brandon. So... With that, I would say, like, he, I would still say yes. Like, he does have the ability, because that, that, to me, comes down to, like, the humanity thing, still. Because um, if he's entirely replaced, let's say there was, like, no skin cell, there was no residual DNA of himself, and it got to a point where he was fully machine, um, which happens in multiple different universes across different things, um, in different, like, comics, different heroes. Like, there's different times where people just entirely become something different then yes like at that point i would say he has lost his humanity and what he originally was he no longer is um 
or if he's like if his soul still remains and the machine part takes over then I would still say I wouldn't consider him human because he no longer has control over the the shell I guess because that's yeah I think that's the best way to describe it um, the point at which that would happen I would actually say that comes down to not the physiological change of when the parts are like replaced but more of when he actually loses control over the shell. Okay. That's what I would say. So you're saying there there's going to be a point at which, because Cyborg is mixed with, with an artificial, artificial mm-hmm. form of intelligence, that it will take over the rest of his body and he will become fully machine as opposed to half and half. Yeah, like for instance, um, not Batman, but Man-Bat. So there's a lot of like the, the fly and the doctor, like, or the, um, yeah, the movie The Fly, like half man, half fly. Like those are things where it's already like, okay, yes, this is human and blank. Cyborg is human and, well, machine. But there's like, two entities. There's there two separate. Of, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Josh. Cyborg dies. What happened to the smart machine that goes with him? Mm, well, I'd have to go along with what it is that uh. Brandon said, obviously, um, with what it is that we consider humanity, it is, you know, our organs and whatnot and uh, our DNA uh, that make us human, the brain and whatnot, you know, contains our conscience, what it is that allows us to make our decision and allows us to, the ability to communicate with other species potentially, allows us some form of sapience. Um, and again, it's definitive. And it's just the moment that those traces are gone, um, and the moment that that consciousness is uh, removed from the form, in the case of Cyborg, two separate entities, uh, a living machine more or less, constantly evolving on its human form. But if that like living machine can't sustain its human form, and is instead looking to supersede and move over and overtake his human form and fully integrate itself as machine versus looking to sustain his human essence, then at that point, yes, I would have to say that he's no longer human with all that uh, organic trace being removed, simply put. Okay. Unless at which point, you know, his consciousness, if the consciousness could somehow um, maintain control over the machine, then... Mm -hmm. I would say that as long as there's some trace of consciousness where Cyborg still has some has control over that machine and whatnot, then uh, there's still some trace of humanity left. I personally think, but at but at the point at which the consciousness is completely removed and is not trace detectable, and at no point is the per- Cyborg's personality, you know, recognizable within that form, then I would say yeah, okay, he's no longer human. All right. Blake? Um, <clears throat> I'm just sticking with DNA and the soul. I'm assuming in a scenario where that he dies, that likely the intelligent form that is that machine um, will just absorb him, use use the materials. Because um, it's, I, I imagine if it was okay, if he was rotting away, it would dispose of the rotting cells to not poison itself. Or just immediately, oh, i got to use this as soon as I can, because there's no longer a consciousness there. There's no longer a sentient being, um, and the sentient being that is this machine has taken over. Um, So, yeah, I just go with it is dependent upon DNA and the soul to define that person as a human. Uh, Because you brought up a good point, Brandon, about just the fact that, yeah, all these different little adaptations... Um, those can very well happen. I'd say if it's changing the DNA on an intricate level, um, your your human template, so to speak, has changed completely, and it's not just temporarily using a power and then reverting back. The same way that the Hulk probably is human until, okay, now he's another species with this DNA taking over, um, and then goes back to being human. But... Yeah, it is just, it's dependent on your DNA template and your soul. And if Cyborg's soul goes away and this machine absorbs whatever there is of him in terms of organic material, 
then it's just its own thing at that point, and it certainly isn't human because it it wasn't originally. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Okay, and then uh, the last leg of this is we're talking about um, uh, what kind of access we would have as humans to cybernetic modifications if they were made more readily accessible, right? So uh, we're talking about uh, distribution regulation and uh, the rights to the original owner, right? So when I talk about rights to the original, uh, original owner, original manufacturer, we're talking about things like Apple, um, has the right to uh, spy on us with the things that we make and, and search and stuff like that. They have all of that information, right? Because they originally made the product, it's their networks, their servers that are making all of this stuff possible, so they have the right to have that stuff. Um, so let's start with Blake with uh, rights, to the, uh, rights to the manufacturer of the cybernetic material. What... Uh, when we're talking about giving people prosthetic arms that are cybernetic, prosthetic legs, prosthetic whatevers that are all cybernetic, what right do the manufacturers have to that cybernetic material? Do they have the opportunity to like maybe turn them off uh, at certain times of the day to conserve energy, or would that be a violation? Or, or what? What do you? Yeah, think? I think um, you've sold me the product. Okay, I somebody chopped off my leg. Um, right above the knee or something so now i need shin foot and knee cybernetic leg um you sold me the product it is now my product i we had a fair a fair trade laissez-faire capitalist system um thank you for the leg now it's mine um so no <laughs> um like they can i'm not saying they can't i'm saying they shouldn't in a morality stance that yeah like it's one thing where okay you've made uh like the movie blade runner they're making these replicants oh but they're just they're androids they're not human the replicants are just what they are they're just these robots um that appear to be human and so in an instance like that um yeah they have the right to this product this non-sentient being um, or just rather product that they created. Um, but the fact remains... Um, wasn't wasn't this a concept in Ghost in the Shell, though, is that her body was owned by the government? She Her soul resided within the body, but her body was owned I think by it the might have been owned by the um, Cyber Security Section 9 that she worked for. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, I certainly wouldn't sign a contract like that. Um, well, she's, she's constantly dead. having existential quandaries and is this, like, PTSD-ridden veteran of several wars. So to her, it probably doesn't really matter. It's just to live as a warrior is the only way to live. Um, but in terms of what's right, what's fair, yeah, I'm not going to, like, uh, okay, I bought this leg. Now it's my leg. Um, like, I'm not saying they can't because, yet again, in a completely free capitalistic system like that they can forcibly do that they can have some goon from their company run up and oh we're taking your leg for a month um not that they can't it's that they shouldn't um and because i've now purchased that product and it belongs to me and that's that we had our fair trade um i didn't sign any contract that i am owned by that government entity the same way the way that motoko does in ghost in the shell that, I'm, I certainly wouldn't sign it over, but mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can understand the instance where it's like, okay, well, that's a way to just keep living the life of this warrior um, and and live the way that she sees fit, and that's fine. But I'd say what's right at the end of the day is, no, I have purchased the product, and you can't take that product from me. You Or you can, but morally you can't. Josh, what do we think? Mm, my personal belief, yeah. I would say uh, once this, once the agreement has been made and once the price has been paid in full um, for whatever uh, material it is you've purchased and once it has been attached to what remains of your body, you know, what doesn't matter is, um, you know, well, how many attachments you might have. But So, wait, you just brought up something. So, would you say that you more or less agree with what Blake said, yes or no? 
Yes, I would say. So on that on that case, I want to focus more on what you just said about fully paid. If a person I, is not fully paid up on their leg, if they're still making payments, I was actually going to explain on that. Part I want to well. hear that. Well, I was going to say if for a circumstance, if like for example, someone was in need of the enhancement, you know, but uh, if like you know the price of the enhancement was out of their reach, um, or not like completely out of their reach, there's a situation where the person may not have been able to pay it off. Obviously, if the situation was the person not being able to pay it off, if they're not being able to pay it off because, you know, they um, just didn't responsibly budget or whatnot, or if it was their own fault for not having the resources in place to be able to purchase the product, you know, um, and rather negotiated a shady deal to try to get that product without, you know, fully disclosing their situation, then yeah, I would say the manufacturer would have some way of, or I would say like it could be, you know, acceptable for the manufacturer to reclaim the part in that way, shape or form. If the owner refuses to, you know, pay in full the sum and is not taking up responsibility on their end for wanting to purchase this product from the manufacturer. But if in the case the person pays the product in full and it's been attached to their body and they are, you know, actively using it, then at no point beyond that should the manufacturer further infringe on that person and their body part. But if we're talking about someone not either either not wanting to pay the product in full or trying to like sham the company out of that product or um, just not being responsible and maintaining uh, their obligation to pay the company back if they were on a payment plan, hypothetically, much like you would have for products today. Someone goes out and buys a car from a company or buys a car, and if they don't pay it in full responsibly, and if they don't have any legitimate reason to state as to why it is they couldn't pay off the car, it gets repossessed. So what yeah. about what about this, right? When so, we talk about, like, so you brought up the example of a car. Yeah. It, in, the, in the case where you lease a car, a lot of times they say, um, you have three years to keep this car or until so many thousand miles, right? Or they say whatever the contract negotiates. Like, let's say it's three years or 60,000 miles, whichever comes first. Let's say you have the same thing with the leg. You have three years to pay it off or until you've walked 60,000 miles. Do they have um, uh, the authority to say, you know, what, 60,000 miles, that breaks down to 100, uh, 100 uh, steps per day or whatever it is. Do they have the authority to then shut off the leg after you've reached your certain amount of, uh, of steps per day? Because you are making payments on it. You do plan to pay it off fully, but currently uh, you don't have well, it. Well, unless, of course, that was originally negotiated in the contract's terms, if there was a contract that was negotiated in order to lease this leg, um, unless, of course, that was specifically mentioned in the terms, um, and if you can prove it on that, and if you can prove on that, that nowhere in the contract does it state that you have to walk so many steps per day, then I would say no. They have no right to be able to turn that leg off. Well, I'm I'm saying, do they have the right to even negotiate that kind of contract in the first place? Well, I mean, if if the uh, like you think yes, yeah, yeah, because you haven't paid in full for the product yet. So you're saying as as long as you have not paid in full for the product, the company yeah. still owns that leg. Yeah, you better you better read the fine print because they might have a clause in there about. Shutting yeah. off your leg and then it suddenly hops away from yeah, you. Yeah, I was gonna say that if there, if, if I mean, you might not have a choice. Like if you're not, if you don't have a leg. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Well, just like it is I with like the car. <laughs> well, just like it is with the car nowadays too. If it comes to the point where cybernetic enhancements are much like you know on the level of importance of, of a car, like in terms of transportation, like you know you're an amputee and you need the leg and whatnot, and uh, you need to get around. Then yeah, in most cases, some people are definitely gonna need that but also some people need to uh, like realize too that just wherever it is their situation is in life if they're able to cover that expense and whatnot they realize you know should they negotiate this deal or should they not but yeah again if it's the company's product as well if that's if the initial contract is negotiated as such then it's negotiated as such but it's up to you to sign understand yeah lines. to sign on the dotted line Got it. And the moment you do, obviously, you've agreed to those terms and conditions. Okay. So. Yeah. Save some money and get some crutches in the meantime. So, so you guys are both <laughs> under the under the philosophy of companies can do whatever the hell they want and make whatever contracts they want. And as long as you agree to that contract and sign it, 
willingly. Yeah, it's too bad that you did that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Brandon, what do you think? So I would I would still agree, but I would there would be some I think trade-offs. Cause I mean, because what it comes down to too is like like instead of a leg, let's say you got like a cybernetic hand, because we're kind of reaching that point. That has moving parts. Oh, you already know, dude. Um, but I'm just kidding. But that has moving parts. Like with a leg, we can already replace that with something a little more simple. But with a hand or maybe some other ligament or whatever, um, that would need normally some kind of upkeep. So like this is kind of how I see it. Because here's the thing that's different about cybernetics than like a vehicle is the cybernetics, if that malfunctions or if that fails, that's direct threat to the consumer. And okay. so, like with medications, for example, psychologists, they'll often prescribe, but then there's a follow-up period where they continue to follow up with that patient for X amount of weeks, months, so be it until they are secure with that person. That Okay, this is the correct dosage, correct whatever, and that's how that's handled. Um, I would assume there would probably would probably necessitate something similar to make sure that you know you don't have like something on your hand that's gonna catch fire like that would not be very fun to literally have your hand be on fire and then have it be attached to your body um or things like that like that would be the main thing i do agree that like yeah if i sign a contract and like in the contract it's like your hand's gonna catch on fire in three months and i sign that like I agreed to the fact that, yeah, like, my hand's going to catch a fire in three months, okay. you know. Um, but I do think that there should, there would still have to be some long-term interaction between the company and the consumer just because of the product itself. Okay. Um, so then on the topics of regulation and distribution, are we regulating these or is everybody having a supersonic cannon on their arm if they have the money to pay for it? So, yeah, so this is this is the hard thing. Like, it would have to be regulated and not even just for the fact that, like, yeah, because people walking around with cans or, like, guns on their arms or whatever, but also for the safety of the consumer because here's another thing that could happen in regards to, okay, well, let's say, like, I don't want them to turn off my prosthetic or cybernetic in a year, right? I have a hand and it uses electricity and it needs that, but our phones already currently are self-deprecating. They build them with the intention of this code's going to execute in X amount of time to turn or neglect this feature. They do that on purpose currently, and that's something yeah. that we already indulge in. If your cybernetic does that, and you go, oh, hey, like, I just went through Apple Care and got my arm, and, oh, well, now the Mark 11 just came out for my, my arm, and my left hand's malfunctioning, that's, that's a big issue, you know? Um, and so not even regulation just for the fact of like, oh, I got like two swords for arms, which would be dope, but also... Shall not be infringed. <laughs> yeah, Everyone I want gets my sword gun. arms. Yeah, yeah, I want my sword arms. Like, yeah, yeah, concealed carry, bro. That's all it is. Yeah, no, so uh, prosthetic arm over yeah. your sword arm. Well, in, yeah, that's part of it too is like, okay, well, it, to, to what extent would they be regulated is like a whole different discussion because... Technically, a weapon concealed in your prosthetic would just be a concealed carry to an extent. Um, it would just be to the level of, like, damage or whatever that it can do. But, yeah, I would say they'd have to be regulated. Not only for other people's protection, but for the consumer's protection. I know. Josh? I feel like we can we can sum this up in, like, one word. Do you think that there should be regulations on weapons, yes or no? You know, it's really unfortunate this podcast doesn't have video. Otherwise, you people would really see my so, opinion. Yeah. Um, anyhow, yes or no, regulation? So, you know, I can be a little bit touchy on this subject, but uh, when it comes to the regulation of these enhancements, obviously, these things could be cons- these things obviously are body parts. Yeah. These are going to be integrated with our bodies, and some of these enhancements, you know, if we're talking prosthetics, are, <laughs> are very <laughs> essential to... Oh, some of these are prosthetics are going to be essential to our function. Yeah. Hands, arms, legs will be responsible for like motor the movement. Pan that comes out of my palm. <laughs> yeah, something like that, you know? Be like Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, when it, com- like, when it comes to regulation on those things, um, at no point should I... Like with what Brandon said, at no point should I think uh, um, a company should have the ability to like disable a prosthetic or much like they do an iPhone because 
I would think there should be a different classification for how it is they should be regulated because of just how much more essential mm -hmm. a prosthetic is compared to the phone. Whereas the phone, you know, it's a, you know, it's a secondary product, only second to what it is uh, our priorities in life are. It's, it's, you know, it's a, you know, I would say it's not an essential, it's not an essential tool. It's a pleasure to have. It's, Luxury. it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a convenience to have as well, depending on what it is you do with your job and whatnot. But when it comes to prosthetics and whatnot, artificial and cybernetics, um, they, they have greater importance. This determines whether or not, you know, we can function in daily life should we lose our natural limbs and need them replaced. And, but when it comes to like, you know, um, in the future, if there are cybernetic enhancements, like for example, if I wanted an arm that could have the ability to, you know, modify itself into any rifle I could imagine, then by God, if I want the ability to have that, I should have that. But although if we're talking See, about like, like, I, I kind of think yeah, I'm like, I'm like, on, I'm like on the fence. It's just there's certain conditions and circumstances. Yeah. If the cybernetic enhancement is the kind of enhancement that could otherwise, if not used properly, could you know, directly infringe on the safety of others and whatnot, you know, depending on its use and function, then yeah. But if we're talking like you know, but like with weapons, obviously those can be controlled and whatnot, and yeah, you could. People can do things with like cybernetic weapon enhancements, but even so, there's there could be some regulation depending on how lethal. But at the end of the day, I'm I mean, I feel say, like uh, it'd be almost easier to regulate those kind of weapons because, like, if I buy a gun and I go out and shoot somebody, it's going to take the police a while to find me if they ever find me. But if you have something that's on the touched. internet mm -hmm. that it registers every, or it can be tracked every time it activates and you're like, I know that there was a guy here using this this kind of weapon at yeah. like 10.30 last night and they register and they're like, Josh, he's the only one that was using his cybernetic arm to murder people at 10.30 <laughs> at night on the corner of Las Vegas and Flamingo. You know, like, it'd be easier to regulate oh, that. It, it, would, it would almost be safer to Damn. regulate it like that. So I guess what what I'm saying is we just need to move towards that. I want to okay. Well, so then here's the palm of my hand. A question that I just kind of thought of though. Shoot myself. Would that conflict with probably no proper competitive market out there? You probably wouldn't be able to afford it, and I don't think they're going to sell it to your dumbass. Most likely. Do you think that would conflict with like medical privacy though? Because technically, if I was to get like a prosthetic or something in it, I'm assuming we're in the future, and so it doesn't look like just like little Legos on the end of my hand but like do other people would do you think the, the government should have the ability to like just check out like oh everybody has this prosthetic and everybody has this one and everybody has like a dick enhancer no I mean they <laughs> the, the government already does know all of that stuff they already have right. access to a lot of medical files like the government isn't really limited by that's fair that's fair what, what yeah no yeah. right to privacy in the constitution they have more money so. than you and thus they are going to find it like the the average person doesn't have access to that kind yeah. of stuff, but the government yeah. definitely does. Yeah. All right, Blake. What do you think? Regulation and distribution of weapons. That doesn't even make sense. That's, that's the most contradictory sentence humanly possible. <laughs> How could you say such a thing? Uh, I am an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, it took me a little while to realize that in life, but no. Um, I think it's too bad when we get into the like fiction of what we turned the wild west into when it was never that wild um i have faith in humanity and there's beyond that it's like oh sure oh are you on the fence no i'm knocking over the fence with my tank body i won't be able to afford it in this unregulated mm -hmm. market the true, fact true, is true. that like we think oh the unregulated market's going to be so dangerous no, no, you just won't be able to afford it. It's just like, you could make jokes of, oh, these, like, public access nuclear weapons. It's like, you will not have access to that as the average Joe. Like, it's a matter of not infringing upon that. But if you get realistic about it in this unregulated market, you're not going to be able to afford that. I'm not going to have my tank body modification that's just not going to happen. Like, but I don't think anything should be infringed upon. Like, you just get to do whatever you want. 
and come to realize that a competitive market is not going to allow you like that. And the companies selling these arms, they're going to mark them up insane. Yeah, they're going to mark them up insane. Or hmm, this guy made a joke on his podcast about shooting himself in, in the dick. With his hand by his, accident, his gun hand hybrid I combo. Do it intentionally. I don't think we should sell it to this guy because that's where that that business has that, that right to hopefully not sell that thing. Background checks, <laughs> yeah, they're going to do what they need that's to do as well, just the same way that you, with no infringed rights, are going to attempt to get the thing that you want and probably fail along the way. We'll get there though. We'll figure out eventually what is beyond human. Okay, well, I think uh, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, and that's a wrap on the season, right? That's the last episode, episode eight. Let's go. So, so, since that's the end of season one, the real reason that we did this episode last and the reason that we wanted to do this episode as episode eight is because we are going to be coming back with super hypotheticals. However, we're not going to be coming back right away. There's going to be a little bit of a break period where we're going to transition over to another podcast series that we're going to be hosting called Full of Hot Aristotle. And the premise of that one is revolving mainly around philosophy, so we wanted to take this last episode to kind of talk about a more philosophical approach to superheroes, which is what does it look like uh, when people get superpowers, what does that look like, and what are some of the limitations to it. So coming up here in the following weeks, we'll be releasing information on how to get a hold of that, what exactly it's going to be called, how many episodes there's going to be, how long we'll run for, that kind of stuff. So make sure, as always, you guys are checking our Twitter feed in order to find new and upcoming information on the episodes, as well as just stay connected. Something I haven't been doing in the past, but that I would like to offer up to any of our listeners out there. If you guys have super hypothetical questions that you would like to submit, you are always welcome to DM us on Twitter or leave them in the chats on YouTube uh, or wherever you guys get your podcast. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell us what you think. We'd like to make these episodes better for you guys. We'd like to increase our viewers, increase our ratings, increase all of that stuff. But a large part of that comes from you guys telling us what you want to hear about. So we're signing off for now, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with Full of Hot Aristotle. Hope to see you then. Out with the boys!